Arisa Larme. Yes. How goes it? It goes great. It's I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. So what are you working on lately? Lately, I've been working on developing a nonprofit organization called We Care and Can. And the mission of We Care and Can is to provide financial support to people regarding any health care costs that they may have. So I know personally, I have experienced... Um, the the burden of like putting my health care on the back burner due to financial reasons. And I know I have friends and then people who have come out and told or shared their story with me that they also have experienced it. So I figured I didn't know of any resources that probably helped people cover healthcare costs. So I really wanted to try and start something that, yeah. that it's does. A, it's that. a stressful thing that the system has in place. It's like, hey, you can pretty much be poor forever for getting sick. Right. Or you can lose your house because of oh medical bills. Or it's it's very sad, the the healthcare system that we have here currently. It but. is. Um, so, so to take it to a super far in the future approach, what do you think it would look like in a perfect world? Our healthcare system yeah. or the organization? Yeah. Let's move backwards to like, 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 what do you want it to look like and then move toward, toward what you're working on today? Or okay. we can go the other way. Okay. Um, personally, I, I believe that um, probably a universal healthcare approach would be a, a better system than what we currently do have here in the United States. Um, like many other countries are doing great with that system. And then I think, yes, you do have to pay a little more in taxes, but, but who cares? Right. You know, I mean, it's pretty much like paying a little bit more in taxes to make someone make sure someone in your community, like they get cancer and then they're homeless. It's like, right. I want to pay for that. You know, exactly. That's and a weird thing. I feel like most people just don't see the like end result of it. Well, I think, it, I think it's because we're so disconnected. Like we're not meant to be, or we're not right now like focused, like, okay, I want my community to be doing well. We're so divided of like, okay, I want me and my, like people I'm related to by blood to do well. Right. And I think that's a cultural thing here in the I U.S. as well. Very individualistic compared yeah. to in other countries where it's more about community. Have you been to another country that has a different healthcare system? Uh, I've been to a couple different countries. So I have been to like Switzerland. Um, nice. Spain, Guatemala. I'm going to Guatemala soon within oh, cool. the next couple, but I don't know what. what the, but, but at the very least, they're community based. Yes, they're community. Based, yeah, so. I don't know how we'd make that switch because that would be a big switch in telling people, like showing people how important it is. Because like right now, it's like if someone in your community gets sick, they'll start a fundraiser, and then it's like you're paying more in taxes just to help them out. It's like what? Right, or making a GoFundMe account and yeah. then having your community come together and get those funds that way, uh, like. A new step for We Care and Can is I'm hoping eventually maybe we'll be able to partner with GoFundMe and funds that aren't um, fundraised through GoFundMe for medical costs. They'd be able to go uh, to We Care and Can and get the rest of the funds to help cool. cover their so costs. So like maybe the person isn't super popular, but they can't afford something and then they get like 80% of the way you cover that last 20%? The last 20%. That would be incredible. And yeah. so what's the primary... Starting a nonprofit seems very hard, like a lot of paperwork and all these different things. Yeah. So... 
Um, quick disclaimer. Yeah. We are not a registered 501c3 yet. So if you were to make a monetary donation, it is not tax exempt. So I okay. do want to share that. Yeah. Um, but currently, since we're just starting up, we started fundraising in February. And what we do is collect empty cans and bottles. And the 10 cents that comes from in Oregon, yeah. it's worth 10 cents the deposit. The 10 cent goes into this pool of funds that people will be able to apply for to help them cover any healthcare costs. So right now it's baby steps with that sort of fundraising. Mm -hmm. But eventually once we're a registered 501c3, we hope to apply for grants, um, partake in bigger fundraisers, legal fundraisers, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. But that's our main approach right now. And so what got you started on this path? Not very many people in their early 20s like, you know what I'm going to do? A nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I experienced, I, I got a concussion playing soccer oh, at, wow. in an IM game at Oregon State University. And it was a, a pretty bad a concussion. So I went to get a CT scan, which costs about $1,500. And I had not met my deductible for, because I have health insurance yeah. based through my mom, but I had not met my deductible. So I had to pay the 1500 out of pocket. And as a student, I... Who has that much money? Right. Or, That's ridiculous. Yeah. So luckily I was able to apply for the financial assistance that that insurance covers mm -hmm. like i have kaiser permanente so i was able to apply for financial assistance through them and luckily i was awarded it but if not what would have even happened i don't know you have I, horrible credit history just because you got hurt right that doesn't seem fair and, or i would have had to stop going to school to work to pay off so all of those things kind of helped me personally get involved in that sense but then also hearing other people's stories for example a friend of mine wanted to get his wisdom teeth out because they were hurting him. But um, likewise, he didn't meet the deductible and he still had to pay about 1800 $1, out of pocket. What's the horrible part of this is I'm sure every single person has an infinite amount of stories of them or their friends that if this has happened. I was like, it's kind of cheaper to just be in pain. Right. Or know? not going. Or not go. So hearing all of that, that kind of initiated me to to start this at first it was oh uh, i'm working on a project would you mind donating your cans and bottles because i was a little iffy on asking for money. asking it's a weird thing to ask for money talking about money is a weird thing it's an uncomfortable subject it is, it is. and so that's why i thought of the idea of cans and bottles nice. one we decrease hopefully like landfill waste mm -hmm. by putting the cans and bottles in a different container and then um, depositing them and then the money comes. Cool. And so you'd, you'd have like a collection where people like build up their cans of bottles and they don't want to spend the time literally returning it. They bring it to you. Right. And we return it. And That's then, an incredible idea. So I know it's difficult to like go out and ask people to donate money because you work hard for your money. And I'm a strong believer in like, like that's your money. You worked, you, that's yours. And yeah. so like, if you do want to give in that case, mm -hmm. that'd be wonderful. But I know that through cans and bottles, you do have to go through that extra step to make it money. And so. I like it. I figured. like where you're going. Do you want to hear my my kind yes. of hypothesis of how the, the healthcare system should change? Please. So what I see as being the main problem is also, yeah, like totally funding in healthcare should be single pair. But the, but the, on the other side is why is it so difficult to become a doctor? Like why do you have to do 80 hours a week? Like that's your maximum that you can work for a couple of weeks in a row. 
that's unbelievable. I don't want my surgeons to have been working 16 hour days for five days. I don't want that. So then of course they have to get paid a bunch because they're like, I went through a bunch. I'm like, we should make it super reasonable to become a doctor and just have more of them and have it a little bit cheaper. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm interested in becoming a physician. Oh, wow. And that's, that's another reason why I figured, okay, hopefully down the road, once I'm a physician, if I do make a decent amount, some of the my funds would go towards the nonprofit. Or you could start a nonprofit clinic. Oh. And just like bring in a bunch of like other physicians who are like, yeah, we each could pay like a fair amount to pay off our loans and like live comfortably, but like you don't need three hundred thousand dollars exactly. a year. Exactly. Right. So um yeah, that's my the the whole medical school application process which I'm gonna be going through, it's it's ridiculously expensive. It, it seems, like, and, and all of those, uh, what's it called, where you go to different hospitals for well, rounds or something? No. <laughs> rounds or Ro- rotations. rotations. Yeah, where you're like at a hospital for like a ridiculous amount of time. Like, yeah, I understand we have to learn a lot. I think that just the whole education system is weird where we're all treated the exact same. So the people who are really good can't just excel and just be like, cool, I'm done with everything early. And the people who are behind are constantly like feeling stressed and anxious. Like, I can't keep up with this. Right. We really need to change the education system to group people based on their ability to learn quickly I or their agree. speed every everyone learns differently everyone and everyone's differently. approaches differently i i remember seeing um i believe a quote from like albert einstein that says if you judge a fish by his ability to climb a tree he'll always then, think he's dumb yep yeah and it's true it's but very... we're so pigeonholed into thinking what success is is a specific sect of jobs that seem pretty horrible. I or not to everyone, but I personally wouldn't want to be a lawyer or doctor. And you look at them, and I'm pretty sure like 50 or 70 percent of physicians don't want their kids to go into physician, like become, to become a doctor, because they know how how taxing it is right. on your soul and just on your, your your psyche, you know. Yeah. But you're signing up for this. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I'm signing up for. I I like the idea of like continuously learning and being able to. If any family members or friends come to me like, hey, my head hurts and I have these symptoms, hopefully I'll be able to like point them in the in the right direction. I think that's really cool. I do, too. It's which gets to a weird place of like, what is meaning? And like, I mean, you probably feel best when you're helping people, right? Yeah. (laughs) But for some reason. okay, so I've been like super interested in gender lines lately because I think there's being super enforced in a a unique and interesting way because I don't really get that much joy from helping one person individually Mm -hmm. but i get a lot of joy from helping a bunch of people but i never meet these people who i'm who i'm talking to on the podcast right (laughs) um but then like other people say they're like oh that wouldn't really bring me any purpose but helping people one-on-one brings me purpose so i don't know i don't know um (laughs) i mean i think as long as you help people in whatever sense that is best for you suited to each person mm-hmm. i think that's rewarding in itself but so why is it rewarding why does it feel so good to help people i don't know why it just does you know it does <laughs> like if you get to the end of the day and you helped someone or multiple people you're like i just feel good that was a good day <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it's i'm pretty sure there's like a chemical there's gotta and be something like... in there but the, i think the biggest thing that's kind of like a hang-up is a lot of people need to help themselves first like a lot of people are going out like i'm gonna help the world and then their room's a mess, their health's a mess, their mental health's a mess. And it's like, maybe you help yourself first. Like, But we're not trained to do that. No. But that's the centerpiece of helping other people, I think. And it's so weird because sometimes when people help themselves, they feel like they're being selfish. Yes. And we're all like, we all try to be selfless and give to others. So 
It, it's like a catch-22. When you were recovering from your concussion, how was that period of your life? It was very... Um, ooh. It was very tough. It was very, very tough. Because um, I imagine you just had to rely on a lot of people for a while. Yeah, so I actually had to quit school. for the, I wasn't able to finish that term. Um, I was sensitive to light and noise. Uh, I still currently experience like difficult situations. So if we were having a conversation and there was music and another conversation going on, I would have a very hard time staying focused in our conversation. Yeah. Do you think you're permanently changed from it or do you think this is all temporary? I think it's permanent. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing. No, it's it's so interesting though because I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. And Holy so cow. I ended up writing quite a bit. Mm, nice. And I wrote a couple of things and then... Did like, you publish them? No, I'm, any, I will. Uh, okay, so I'm, they're, they're I'm, eventually going to be readable. They'll eventually be. What do you read. write about? Just the... Is it super personal or is it something you'd be okay sharing? Um, like some are pretty personal, just like family stuff and like personal experiences but others are like um pretty much just saying what every person's important what you say think do and feel matters Mm -hmm. your voice you're here on this planet for a reason so i'm a strong believer in like if you ever need someone to talk to always like message me i'll help in whatever way i can but well, just trying to be there. Well, something. I think that's so important is because we are in like the most dismissive and uh, what's what's it called? Count, count, uh, count out culture or something like that. Like we dismiss people so quickly. Like I've had someone on my show who who like strongly like was talking. Even just yesterday, I had someone who I never really met, um, but a friend suggested him. So he came on the show and he's like, I have seen spirits and like all these different things. And I'm like, who would I possibly be to discredit someone else's experience? You know, right. like even if it weren't like physically true, if he experienced it and then he internalized me life changes for the better because of it it was a real experience for all i'm concerned you know yeah. i don't know that was like the, the far extreme of like dismissing people most people just dismiss people so easily in life they're like well it's either my way or the highway there's no <laughs> nonsense kind of people you know right so were you raised in a way that you think you're just like hey it really hurts me to, when i'm dismissed so i'm not gonna do it to other people or what got you there uh, I think I was raised in a way like my mom my mom and my dad always taught me to like treat others the way you want to be treated very like out there. I mean the golden rule, right? Yeah, and then yeah. Nassim Taleb's uh, silver rule is I think don't treat others how you don't want to be treated, which is also good. That is but good. I think that's the whole centerpiece behind everyone feels like they're not getting reciprocal goodness because we all want different things. So like say like if you're in a relationship with someone and their their idea of love is being talked to for hours, but your idea of love is some sort of like physical like like cuddling or something. Yeah. You're giving the other person what you want, and then they only give you what they want back. So neither of you ever feel that reciprocity happening. So I think even though the golden rule is like a good general guideline, I don't think it helps. I think you should you should look for how people are trying to help you, mm-hmm. no matter how much you think well that's meaningless, and then try to help them in that same way. Because I almost think the way people are acting is like a call out for help if they want that done to them. Interesting. That's a good observation. <laughs> you know, it mean, could totally be not true. Like none of this is really backed up it, by anything. It sounds reasonable. It sounds I mean. reasonable, you know, because, because I mean, everyone's been in that situation where you're like, no one unseen, you feel unseen, you feel unheard. You feel yeah. like, why is no one helping me the way that I need to be helped? Right. And I think it's because everyone's tr- just going around helping each other the way they want to be helped and everyone's doing it, <laughs> you know? It's communication. It's, it's, it's communication. It's, yeah. 
<laughs> Communication is important. And I think I've always been curious of if, if English is someone's second language, is there always a communication barrier? Because I've noticed people that you're more like, like that you grew up in the same neighborhood. The communication is just so much better. You have so much cultural norms to fall back on, like, mm-hmm. oh, that episode of SpongeBob or something. But if right. someone grew up and moved here, there's always like that small communication barrier. There is. I don't um, know how we'd break that down. Communicate. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, well, yeah, we do just need more community events. Like, imagine even if everyone in Eugene or Corvallis would get together like once a month. I mean, people are busy. Yeah. Um, and I'll just do some like communal, like singing or something like that. They'd, they'd all like have a sense of community and they'd see people in the community be like well i don't want them to be homeless just because they get cancer okay i would be okay with a little bit higher taxes yeah i don't know there's a bunch of ways to attack it i think the way you're attacking it's incredible (laughs) um so what would what what would be your biggest thing you almost need like a lawyer person to help you with the 501 yeah i do so since we're not a registered uh, 501c3 yet we're in the process of it what we're trying to do i mean it's really weird that they make it very difficult to help people legally. Yeah. Um, but what we're trying to do is find a legal service that will help us start up. Yeah. Maybe and, a nonprofit for helping nonprofits start. Right. I mean, there are like businesses and there's one here in Eugene that I plan on talking to soon. But just the expenses, it's a lot of out of my personal pocket expenses that I'm investing in, which I'm all four i like it's something i strongly believe in i'm something i'm gonna keep trying to continue to do but um the nice thing about starting it at a at a university at oregon state university where we're mostly branched out from right now is that you have like pre-legal students you have business people there you have marketing students you have are they receptive and helpful in your experience they are. I think people are interested in getting involved. It's just hard to reach all these different communities. Totally. Especially when it's, is it just you or do you have a team? Uh, I have a small team, nice. but we are always looking for like more people because my fo- like my focus in my studies was microbiology and nutrition. Mm, cool. So I have no business like knowledge or information. Yeah. So I'm, I'm big on like pulling in people with what they are passionate or what they know about because I can't do it all. So it's, it's pretty neat to like start off there and then have, let's say find a computer science student who can develop our website or Mm -hmm. find like a marketing person to market about we caring can. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's another, just, just like it's hard to ask for money. It's also hard to be like, Hey, take a gamble on me that this will succeed. Because here's what's at the bottom of something like what you're doing is if you stop, I'd assume it all just kind of goes down, you know? Yeah. Like that's weird to be at the centerpiece of something that it's like, it gets tiring, I assume. Do you ever just rest from it? And you're like, okay. Yes, I do. It's, I do take breaks, which is good because it's a lot more work than I thought it would be. (laughs) But um, it's really nice to like have the friends that do support you that yeah. are there like collecting cans and bottles at events with you that really motivate you to like keep pushing and like continuing what you're working on. It would be doing things is incredibly motivating. Have you gotten to a place where you've helped someone with their medical bills yet? Not yet. So we're still in the fundraising like area because we're going only through cans and bottles right now. It's, it's slow. So we started fundraising in February and through cans and bottles and 
we're close to almost have collecting 10,000 cans and bottles. And so that's almost $1,000 since February, just in cans and bottles. Um, But $1,000 isn't going to cover a healthcare cost. Well, it's probably only going to cover paying for people to market and build the website and stuff right now, right? Right. But that money isn't going towards that right now. It isn't. Doesn't a nonprofit... You still have to, you, people get paid to help work for you, don't you? So once, yes, people do get paid to work for nonprofits. Um, nonprofit means people just aren't making absorbent amounts of money and like stockpiling. Correct. So shouldn't the people who, who are helping you get paid? They should. I agree. But because we're a startup and because we're not registered yet, like I'm, I'm a big, I'm trying to like stay true to, if I say that your can and bottle is going into a pool for funds to help people cover healthcare costs, that's where it's going. Yeah. I will take like personal money out to like maybe buy someone who's working with me a coffee or something like that. And then um, like not tar- target, but like register that expense yeah. just for later to see well, if that's we can maybe... I don't know. I think that's incredibly reasonable. Like you could almost on your website have like a pie chart that shows where the money's going. Yeah. And you could just be honest with people like on it's, it makes way less sense to use all those funds right now to help people mm-hmm. rather than use it to scale right now and then help people. Like once it's like, okay, we have a bottle collection in one in each city or mm-hmm. one in each state. Yeah. That's when you'd be like, all right, now we're going to start taking applicants. But then you have to hire someone to like look through all the applicants. Applicants, and, and then it's like, all right, who, who are you going to judge who gets helped? You know, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. It is, but we do hope to make like the application very um, like simple and easy. We don't want to make it like a burden or anything because there are already too many. Way too many. Bureaucracy is the worst thing. (laughs) Like getting signed up for something like college is ridiculous. Like all the hoops you have to jump through, like you have to have your parents' expenses and they may not even be able to help you with. So it's, we're trying to decrease as many barriers as possible with We Caring Can and that's what we're going to do slowly like right it. now it's a lot of volunteer work though cool. all I like volunteer it. work so what what's your, what's your next step what's on your your near horizon near horizon um like maybe get a permanent donation place set up or something that would be super cool maybe even like right next to like a fred myers or something or winco donation place that would be just really have like cool. a thing like hey put them here with like a lock on the top yeah. and then your people come and turn them all in and take that money or something. That would be really cool. Like you should reach out to Winco or somewhere and like see like, hey, can we hook this up? You know, <laughs> like I'm sure they'd be yes or receptive. Hopefully. 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 <laughs> totally. Yeah. Right now we have a couple um, collection bin locations on campus at cool. Oregon State University. Nice. Um, all the cultural centers have a collection bin. So if you are on campus, you are able to go and donate your cans and bottles there. Yeah. But then what we're also trying to do is make it as easy as possible for people to donate. And so if they're like in the Corvallis area, you're more than welcome to like contact us and we will try and come pick up those cans and bottles. Cool. So, yeah. You come and it's just one beer can. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Well, ho- hopefully. <laughs> hopefully it's more than one. Yeah. But Yeah. That's crazy. Starting up a, a startup or a nonprofit would be so much work, especially because like, isn't a 501 ACCA or whatever it is, like a hundred or some pages? It's it, crazy, isn't it's, it? It's it's long. It's a lot of documentation. It's a lot of paperwork. It's money, like fees and all of that, which I guess timing is different because there have been people in the past that have 
said that they were going to start nonprofits and then they pocket the money mm. just like with GoFundMe. They say like, oh, this happened and then they get all the funds and you find out that it's, it's, a, it's a scam. It That's makes it harder problem. for like people who Genuine are actually ones. trying to. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a mess. Well, I don't know. I'm of the thing that I never blame anyone for anything ever anymore. Like I'm sure those people had the reasons had the reasons like imagine right. you have this family who's starving and you're like well yeah the system's set up in a way that i can kind of make money through this and right. they take advantage of people's uh empathy and then they do <laughs> it's like you know what i don't blame you i blame the system set up that put you in that situation where you right you know that was your last resort or maybe they did need medical bills but they like lied about what it was or something yeah i don't know empathy is a strong tool i've been, <laughs> I've been looking at it in a bunch of weird ways so like what, what do you think of empathy I think you it's you feeling for like someone suffering with them through through whatever they're going through or trying to relate in a sense to them. Yes. What about you? I think a lot of people use it maliciously. Like have you ever been around someone who just tries to make you feel bad for them and then they'll like subtly ask you for something and like they're almost like guilting you into helping them? Mm-hmm. Like I think people use empathy a lot of the time for malicious means i'm starting to think empathy is not a good thing oh well. i mean like think about it like i mean there's totally i think you just going out of your way and being empathetical from someone who if anything almost pushes you away mm-hmm. is a good thing because like those people need like help and to be embraced and heard yeah but it's like when those people like just come around you and like start talking negatively and like worse energy is so real in the sense that like if i were to, like start being sad or talking about sad stuff or like You'd be receptive. Your mood would go down, you know? And I think they just like almost use that to control you. I think empathy is a tool used by people who aren't empathetic to control other people. Who are empathetic. Who are empathetic. And empathy, like, I don't know. And it works. And it works. Like, um, what is it? Like animal shelters, they give this give this cat a home totally but that could be yeah empathy could be used for a good thing i didn't say like evil people or evil powerful people you know just people who who see it as a tool i mean isn't that one of the the three like logos ethos pasos isn't egos uh, like emotions or empathy or something i I think so it's one of like the convincing things so i don't know maybe you can just do like a super sad ad (laughs) um i think the best so i've tried like facebook ads twitter ads all these different things never pay for twitter ads they're nonsense okay but um i recently got a spotify ad for the show that's awesome it was the cheapest thing ever it was the cheapest ad and it's helped the most so if you are and you can target just people in corvallis or eugene Mm -hmm. and be like Hey, write to your local congressperson saying, "Hey, we want to help um, your 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 uh, non-start your nonprofit." Yeah. Um, or just like calling people to action, like, "Hey, do you have cans and bottles, and you want to turn them in somewhere?" It can be ridiculously cheap. So if you spend money some on some sort of marketing, spend it on Spotify ads. Okay. Is my thing, okay. and especially because I guess well, I guess it hits the poorest people because I can't pay for Spotify, so <laughs> I I don't have it. And I keep hearing the ads, but I guess those people probably want the money from their cans. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think. Who are you targeting? Yeah, and, and like we're starting small. Definitely, like nice. people who are on campus know about us mo- more than, let's say, someone who's not on campus, just because of like our location and where we're sp- how we're spreading word. But eventually, long term, I'd like like anyone to be able to apply for the funds because if you aren't going to school, then typically you can't afford to go to school, and you probably can't afford to pay any medical expenses yeah. either. So. But afford to go to school is a weird thing because I couldn't afford to go to school, but I'm in debt because of it. Like, I assume you can't afford the 
three hundred hundred thousand dollars that it's going to go to me- like medical school yeah no. but we're going to you're, you're going right. to go to it it's an investment know? right yeah i don't know i don't i don't think i'm going to necessarily i think school is an investment in the sense that i made really good connections while i was there i yes. think if people go to school and they're like i'm just going to get an education degree and go that's when it's wasted like you need to use it to like meet with your professors and meet with so that you have like your community you yeah have like do you think your degree is helping you I think my degree will help me. Cool. So microbiology and nutrition, the whole reason why I decided to study those was to hopefully help me once I'm a doctor. Like nice. help me understand how viruses attack your body, how why you get sick. Um, know what nutrition, what <laughs> foods to recommend. Nutrition's a weird thing because we don't know anything about nutrition. And it's always changing. <laughs> it's always changing and we don't know anything. Anyone who ever is like, this is like... The way to do it. I'm like, you don't know that. There's no longitudinal studies on nutrition aside from like helping a cure disease, like yeah. cancer nutrition. But there's no like, hey, you're a pretty healthy person. Here's the best way to eat because it's it's not real. It's so and, subjective. And everybody's everybody is different. Everybody too. is different. I think a lot of it is probably epigenetics. Like in terms of like, if you did grow up in one place of the world, you probably do better with fruits, and someone else does better with milk or nuts or like different things. You know. Yeah. So I think whenever tr- someone tries to do like a blanket, like this is how we should eat, I'm like. That's sus. No, that's <laughs> not. Know? Yeah. So, I mean, did you do you eat differently because of your nutrition classes? Um, I try to incorporate like more vegetables and whatnot. Um, yeah. But I'll it's have hard. I'll have like I'll have a soda every now and then yeah. just because like I think twenty per- like you only live once, so that's a dangerous headspace to be in. <laughs> I mean, that's probably like people who are like addicted to a lot of things. Like, <laughs> it's funny. It's so funny. Like to use myself as an example, I'm like. Um, there was definitely a substance that I'm like, all right, I shouldn't take this. And then I saw some world news of like the people, like a protester in Hong Kong got shot. I'm like, yeah, we're all going to hell soon anyway. So yeah. Like, like using that, I don't know. It's such a weird balance between like, like with saving money or with doing things that are maybe not the best for your health is like a balance between, well, I could die tomorrow. So I might as well enjoy it. Right. Or man, if I keep living like that, I won't live past, you know, whatever. Right. So, but I, I'm a big believer in like, 80% of your food should be like healthy foods for your body to like nourish you. And then 20% for like the soul, like yeah. chocolate, wine. Yeah. Or, yeah. I like, I think everything in moderation. Here's one thing I'm curious what school taught you. What'd they teach you about meat? Meat? Yeah. Like red meat? Yeah. Um, that, you know, <laughs> they're not the best if you, tr- if you sh- can try to like decrease your consumption of meats to once or twice a week. You, well, for, I think... The environment, yes. I mean, isn't that like one of the worst things for it? But I mean, there's people going on a carnivore diet where they're literally just eating red meat. It's their only food. No vegetables or anything else. Just oh red meat. And they're like losing a bunch of weight. Their autoimmune diseases are going away. Like, good thing. They're like, this transformed my life. Interesting. So I'm like, I don't know how true that is. I don't know what causes And it could be attack. temporary, too. And it could be temporary. But I am, I am definitely, I'm getting to a place where I just eat one stick of butter once a day. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> I do. I, I, I like, I like. Wait, that. do like, you? I like, I like butter. Like I'll eat a couple tablespoons of butter for, okay. for a meal. I don't know. It's fun. I'm just, I'm just testing. I'm like, when do I feel the best and when do I feel the worst? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I think, I think that's the key to trying to, to moving toward like a, a progressive lifestyle is be like, drink the soda. And it's not like, how do I feel right after? But how do I feel five hours later? How do I feel oh. the next day? And when I drink sodas, I tend to feel more depressive the next day. Interesting. So, and if I stop drinking kombucha, I would argue that I'm addicted to kombucha because okay. if I stop, like I brew my own, yeah. um, if I run out, I'm too lazy to make it. 
I just feel awful. I'm stuck in a glue trap where I'm like, I don't even want to get out of bed. Oh, you know, I don't know what it, I mean. It's the candida or whatever in there, you know, that just increases inflammation and <sighs> nutrition is a whole bit because I got a new, uh, kinesiology major. Nice. So I, I had some of what you're getting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll ever use it. It's the weird. I guess I use it on myself, like, you know. And you use it now. And okay. I use it now, kind of. I don't really. I don't believe any of it because they would tell me things. That The reason I asked what you learned in nutrition, yeah. they would tell me things that were directly not true. They're like, oh, the keto diet. Well, that doesn't really work because you need at least some star, um, some carbs to start the Krebs cycle or whatever it was. That's not true at all. Yeah. That's not true at all. Why would they teach me that? Why did I pay hundreds of dollars to take a class where they're teaching me certifiably false information? Yeah. So then I, I null and voided almost everything they taught me. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a weird. <laughs> it's system. a whole lot of nonsense. So what are you doing with the rest of your time that you're not spending on startup? Um, <laughs> it's most of my time is with this nonprofit. Um, but all my free time, I do. I am trying to like study for the MCAT. Mm. And so that's going to be quite a bit. I'm like doing a lot of research because apparently you have to figure out what books you want to buy to study and like what systems you want to go through, what practice exams you want to buy, like buy to study. So a lot of pre-medical school things and then um, trying to enjoy like my last couple of days here before traveling to Guatemala. So, yeah, if... Yeah you do get into medical school will you continue with the startup it seems like that would take up all your time it would take up a lot more of my time but yeah. i do want to stay involved with the startup yeah um it will be a little bit harder and i hope that someone else will hopefully kind of like come and maybe take a leadership position as well but nice. um yeah hopefully whatever medical school i will end up going to uh hopefully they're very accepting of like that um possibility and absolutely what are you doing in guatemala i will be visiting family cool. like i haven't been in two years um i'm really excited to see my grandmother down there because it's been a while and then like my family members my friends because i used to i lived there for four years oh cool yeah so um i have what, friends what, at what age i live there from Roughly, third, totally roughly. Third grade until seventh grade. Formative years. So you like yes. built a close friendship, friend group, and then left. Yeah. That must have been really hard. Do you think it affects you at all? Now? Yeah. Um, or like just kind of like the way that you like meet friends. You're like, well, they might be gone in four years. You know? <laughs> That's so funny that you say it because like my life has been in pretty much like increments at different locations. I've moved a lot. But um, no, I, I'm a, I try to like stay in contact even though they're in Guatemala and I'm here, I try and like, I don't, I'm all for like meeting new people and like getting to know who people are, even if I'm going to be gone I've, and not in the Social same town. Social media is beautiful. Yeah, that's The where, internet's beautiful in that way. Yep. But then it's like, how often do you reach out or how often do they reach out? I think a lot of people always hold that stigma like, well, they're not reaching out to me first, so I'm not going to reach out to them. Like, you can't hold that. You're never, you're going to lose everyone. You just got to right. reach out to everyone all the time. And sometimes it's hard, you know, because yeah. we have our busy lives. Mm -hmm. But I do try and reach out every now and then, like comment on like some posts when my friends have like a group chat. Um, but it, it is hard. Like I do lose communication with people in Guatemala while I'm here in the U.S. And then I do lose communication with people in the U.S. when I'm down yeah. in Guatemala. So. so have you lived in other places? You said you've lived a lot of places. Uh, those are the main like two places I've... I went to, I was in Europe for like three months 
well, Switzerland? Switzerland with nice. my cousin, yeah. That's my dream place to be, by the way. Is it, is, is it what it seems to be? Like it's big mountains. It's pretty great. Nice. I think you'd love it. Um, it is expensive though. Ah. But but I mean, taxes pay for everything there, right? True, <laughs> true. Dev, have you been? To no, I've never. I want to go so bad, just because of like it just looks really cool in terms of big big mountains. You should you should go. It's, what, what time of year did you go? I went in December. So was like, it really cold? It it was pretty cold, but not too bad. Cool. That's not like the place where it's like the opposite time of year, isn't it? Or the opposite season? Is that the South Southern Hemisphere? Like they have the opposite. Like our summers are their winters. I think it's the South Hemisphere. Yeah. That's me too, but I really don't know. I really don't know any that much about geography. Someone mentioned Me that neither. they're that they're in like Dutchland or uh, some place over in Europe. I'm like, I don't even know where that is on a map. I'm like, wait, I do you know where Guatemala is? Um, that's I don't know if it's an island or part of Central or South America. Central America. It's yeah. part of Central America. Yes, yes. it's it's so it's Above right below Panama? Mexico. Okay, so it's like Guatemala, Belize, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, and nice. then South America. Have you been to all of them? No, I've only been to Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras. Nice. Are they very different? Um, like, I mean, they're different countries, they're but different, they're almost like different states away from each other. They're different countries. I would say they're kind of similar in the sense that they're developing countries. Yeah. And Why wouldn't they all band together? Cultural. I don't know. Like, I mean, with the, with the entire Americas, North and South, should all just band together and be like, cool. Just be like... <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you? It seems like there's so much more power in that, you know? I Yeah. I, I don't know. Once you leave the U.S., like once you enter Mexico, it's mostly Spanish speaking from we can, so we can still speak different things, but that'd be so, like, I don't know. Um, it's funny. So so I'm actually having someone come on. He's from the Oregon Casa to talk about immigration okay. this week, hopefully. Um, we had to reschedule once. But, uh, but I'm like, the biggest thing to like help help quote unquote immigration i don't know if it's a problem i know nothing about it mm -hmm. but would be to make the place that they're immigrating from better right you know like that seems like the solution not yeah. being like nope you're definitely not coming in <laughs> or maybe if like people coming from the middle east maybe not bomb them then maybe they wouldn't be leaving you know it seems like a pretty it's uh you ever seen that meme where it's like a little kid with a boot on his head and then it zooms out and it's like he's holding the boot on his head uh -huh. where it's like we create all our own problems that's kind of what it seems like to me <laughs> I don't know. It's that, funny. That'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah, have, I'm really for looking sure. forward to it. Um, Definitely a lot to learn. Yeah. Well, it's 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 funny because when I have people with like really big issues on that, mm -hmm. I tend to like take the devil's uh, the devil's advocate. advocate. Yeah, just because it's not <laughs> it's not super interesting to have a conversation where I'm like, yep, we agree, and it's just like shaking each other's hands for like an hour. Right. It's, yeah. Um, the most recent one I had was with Jason Dorsett, and he's like you're more privileged than me because you're white. I'm like, I would really push back on that. It was a great conversation. I wish. It could have been like two hours long because we just kind of started to get to a place um, where we were kind of seeing like the same light. But I like conversations with people you don't agree with. And and you can have a second part to that and conversation. Have, and we're definitely going to. He's a busy guy. I like Good. that. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the cool things about this show is that when I do t talk to people who have a completely different opinion on like core aspects. Yeah. I think it's cool for people to hear you just both sides you hear both and here is still being friends with the person yes most people is like well you don't agree with me that's an attack on my person and i'm like that's not how life is we can believe different things right i don't know i think any sort of extreme view is the negative side now like the left and the right both want to like silence each other and like point fingers as like they're the absolute worst but i'm like whoa like if you if you really like start to watch both their news you're like both the things you guys are saying are pretty pretty wild yeah <laughs> can we just chill out like i just i think i don't think radical change for the better is going to happen 
in like one one pass of something you know yeah. it's like okay we're gonna like slowly need to i don't know how do you think change is gonna happen like how do you think healthcare reform and all these things are gonna start like a small group getting bigger and bigger or do you think like someone's just gonna make it into politics and just change everything no i think it 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 takes like a small group and then building together to like come to something but um i think there are like nonprofit organizations or just organizations or people who are involved in in informing people and i feel like once you are informed about something and once you spread that knowledge that'll help p- people decide on what they want to do with like healthcare whether they do want to go towards a single payer or continue the system that we do have the um, danger that's misinformation right right like and a lot you of people monger yeah and a lot of people are scared to lose what they have so let's yeah, say like people that are on point. medicare um they don't want to lose like the perks that they have there and the thought of losing that the fear of losing that is greater than what the, they might gain what they might gain i personally have noticed most of the positive benefits in my life do come from burning off an old part of my life and like allowing something new to grow though you know yeah but it's scary no one wants it because it's it's unknown it's, it's unknown it's foreign, so yeah but i haven't had that many situations where something bad happens and it's a bad outcome because of it because of it but it's still a fear. Even it if is. you've had that experience a hundred times, you're still scared that the next time some big change happens, it's going to be for the it's worse. Do. Yep. I don't know how we'd ever change that. I think we're just wired to want stability, you know. Which, I mean, is okay in some senses, but yeah. definitely there is some change needed in other senses. Yeah. What do you think? What do you see as the most pressing change, like for the what does like a cause that like if someone brings like if someone does have an opposing view for you, you actually couldn't be friends with them because there are totally things worthy of that. Like you know. Oh, that's tough. Um, I like something you maybe even feel strongly, but everyone has like a cause, you know. Yeah. I guess yours is healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> like if I believe single payer healthcare system was bad, would you okay. be okay? It'd be like. Yeah, we can still I'd, be friends. I'd, I'd want to know more from you. I'd want to know why you think that that's like. I can't even take devil's advocate for that. I don't <laughs> even have an argument. I try to make an argument for most things, but I'm like, I don't even see one, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? It's better for, it's just, it's another way to divide us. It's another way to right. be like, well, I'm paying in for just me. Mm-hmm. So you should be paying in for just you regardless. I'm like, right. well, we all don't have the same opportunities in life. So True. it's a weird thing to try to get people to pay for other people's stit. Yeah. And I mean, it. It isn't other people's responsibilities. Like I'm all for you make the path which you want. And there are people there that are going to help you who want to help you. And there are people there that aren't going to help you or that are going to not want to see you succeed. But yeah, that's a weird thing, especially because you're young. People probably hold that against you, don't they? Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely hard um, being like a woman of color, trying to come to people to talk to them about this idea sometimes because um like i've been like discredited that like women are too emotional or like women uh shouldn't be involved in like big changes and i've had scenarios where i've had to had other people let's say a male counterpart talk to organizations or companies so that they would actually hear so it's just knowing where you are where you stand and using the resources that you do have to kind of further you in whichever way that you can. That's wild that that happens today in Oregon of all places, the place that's like supposedly the most liberal, I think is the term, but I don't think liberal <laughs> means what people are saying it means. Yeah. Um, I mean, we shouldn't be having that anymore. Who? I don't know. 
do you do you hold any bias or judgments against people? I'm pretty sure, like I'm pretty sure we all have like unconscious biases and stuff like that. I I try to enter any situation with an open mind and willing to like hear other people's point of views because yeah. that's how I would like to be approached. But I, I'm pretty sure I do have my biases against I, who? No, I'm um, kidding, I'm kidding. You don't need to answer. That's very. <laughs> who, who do you who are you really like biased against yeah i don't know it's an interesting thing it's it's tough because like playing devil's advocate on the other side it's most people don't do things for malicious reasons it's just either they're not informed or educated or been, don't know or like they've been raised a certain way that's so what it really comes down to too yeah like if someone raised was raised by like a racist family who he the, the father beat the mother and the mother yelled at him all the time that's normal to them yeah. Can you really blame him? Is he really an evil person or is he just a product of his of his raising? So I don't think anyone's like inherently just like, oh, they're just the worst evil person ever. Right. You know? Yeah. And even if it was like, well, what if they were raised by really good parents? And it's like, well, the reason they're evil is probably some bad wiring in their brain. Right. No one sets out to just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do a bunch of evil stuff. <laughs> no one feels good from that. No one feels good from doing bad things. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I'm sure there's the one in the million, but you can't you can't hold everyone accountable just because the worst. I think that's right. where problems really come in. It's like out of all the white men in the in in the United States, if there's like a hundred million, and if like ten of them do are just these super evil people, then holding everyone accountable for that's like, well, that's not really fair, mm -mm. you know. I think what that's the, stereotyping. That's stereotyping. I almost I didn't even think about it one at the time, but when I was talking to Jason Dorsett. Um, he was like, you're privileged. I'm like, yes, I'm privileged, but I believe you are too. And he's like, well, why do you have to have the butt there too? I'm like, and I didn't think of it at the time, but I'm like telling someone else how they think, how they need to think based off the color of their skin seems like an interesting agenda to push, Yeah, you know? And I mean, I'm totally in a place where I'm like, I don't know. I could be entirely wrong. I'm probably privileged, but it's at least fun to delve into the conversation. I think people accepting things that are told to them like, hey, you need to think this way and be like, okay, I'm thinking that way now. <laughs> That doesn't help. That doesn't actually help people, you know? Yeah. Or at least people with like inquisitive minds, people who aren't like inherently religious because they're like, I need more than that. Mm -hmm. You actually need more than that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you have any sort of faith, belief or anything? Um, I would say I'm spiritual and like person personally, I, I like going to church with my grandmother in Guatemala. It's just, it's different. It's... They don't have like, like I, I identify as Catholic and here in the Catholic churches, like in the U.S., you have the, the knee, the knee rest, which is padded, mm -hmm. but in Guatemala, they don't have padded knee rests. So Do you think they have better knees or worse knees? <laughs> I think worse knees, but all in all, like people will still get on their knees, even though it's not padded to, to praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that and like being in that culture where they i feel like it's different when they sing in spanish compared to when they sing in english how so i get more feeling out of the spanish like sessions compared to the english ones nice. which is well weird. do you think in spanish or do you think in english or well, both? well i'm bilingual i'm bilingual but like when you're thinking when you're like literally just in your own head thinking about like your day and what you're doing you i'd say english most, you're thinking in english yeah but for most of your life or up until seventh grade were you thinking in spanish N well or <laughs> it's weird <laughs> that's like, a trippy thing <laughs> my mom my mom is from guatemala mm -hmm. and so like she 
we grew up, my brother and I, we grew up with her talking to us in Spanish every now and then. And like we could only watch TV in Spanish, but we lived in the United States. So our life was in English. Yeah. So like going to Guatemala and living there for four years where I went to school in Spanish, I learned Spanish, I can read Spanish, I can write Spanish. Like, you still thought in English? I sometimes. Okay. I think, I think it took me maybe like a year to switch. And then like for two, three years, I was all like, I would think in Spanish, I would dream in Spanish, but then coming back to the US, it, <laughs> it so took cool. a while to yeah. re, reaccustom. That's like, so crazy. Cause yeah. I think that's your native language, whatever you're thinking, right? Yeah. But you don't have to, you don't have to translate your English thinking to Spanish to talk. It's still no, natural. It's still natural. There are words that I do like forget. Yeah. And you but, say the English word. Yeah. Or the Spanish. I'll forget words in English too, but that's a trip because I've never learned another language to the point where I'm suspicious of it. I'm like, everyone's like, you should have learned another one. You should learn another one. Or like Kenzie's like, we should both take like Duolingo and learn another one. I'm like, I want to be better at English. I want to be better at the one language that I'm halfway decent at, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do think learning another language is always good. It's just another lens to see the world through. It is. Because the same sentence in English and Spanish can mean radically different things because it's just kind of like the connotations behind specific words and the cultures that they're... And the structure. And, and the structure and everything. So I think that's a big part of um, miscommunication. Even if people, two people speak the same language, but maybe one of their native languages is from like Germany or somewhere or anywhere else, yeah. they see the same English sentence as a different thing. And maybe that's why countries have all these disagreements because like they're just kind of talking... The, the, the communication just isn't quite there. That'd be cool to have universal language, but nobody ever is going to agree to that. Yeah, know? no. And plus, how would you decide which? I mean, why would you push English? I'm not saying to, English. Say, I just, but why, right. why, yeah, why but would like, you pick a why? specific one? Yeah. I think what I've been really curious about is like, if you just took like a bunch of like babies and then they were raised around like a mom, like just like make sure they're okay, but the mom never spoke. Like, would they develop a new language? Would they develop like a new kind of, I mean, this is something That's that so would never come on. But like, would they come up with like an existing language or were they just completely, because they would eventually start interacting. Like they hit right. five and 10 years old. Like yeah. they're communicating with each other, you know? Yeah. Would they, would they develop a language or do they have to be taught a language? Uh, my guess is they would develop their own language. Yeah. Because they don't, if there was no communi like no communication right? at all. So I'm like, okay, That's well, like, and I'm sure there's a better language. I'm sure there's a better language than any of the ones currently out. Yeah. Like ones that's just like more, I guess that really comes down to the, what's the point of living? Is the point of living to feel emotions and to like help people and feel things? Or is it to progress technology or whatever it is? So less people are in abject poverty and less people are starving and less people have no, you know, like, is it, uh, is it purely like technology based or is it like purely living and breathing and feeling based i think and it's both for different well, people both and like it depends on who you are right like, yeah it takes an individualistic approach I it think. totally does do you have like a meaning and purpose like do you have like a, a i used to on my old show before i started this one before i got these mics and everything i had like a, a different show yeah um <laughs> i deleted all the episodes from oh, but man? i tended to ask i know but i tended to ask the people i'm like what's your like on your deathbed what's your like one thing that kind of sums up everything else you're doing that's kind of like whew, i'm just trying to help or i'm trying to lessen suffering or i'm trying to spark conversations or i'm trying to you know i think everyone has a slightly different exact way that they want to feel good about themselves by helping other people yeah i would say people people remember how you make them feel so i think that's a i want to try 
and make people feel the best way that they feel either encouraging them doing something or like saying they look nice today or like yeah walking around with a spray can of mdma and just kind of like yeah. spritzing them right at the beginning of hanging out exactly <laughs> everyone just loves me i don't know why <laughs> right? but um it's i i just i remember like small interactions with people who made me feel important special like i was the only person in the world in that precise moment and i want to reciprocate that feeling that's a good for others i think the most important thing of that is people need to first to become that person you have to be that person yourself too right and that's sometimes hard that's very hard for everyone all the time but like sometimes you can get like good grooves and stuff yeah what what's helped you the most assuming you've had like a low point in your life where you weren't that person for yourself like just breaking through and running one day help or did just like some substance or did meeting with someone and talking or like what what has helped you the most at your lowest what has helped me the most at my lowest um opiates no, I'm <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm um i would say people like when i'm at my lowest it's nice to have like my mom or some close friends just kind of get together and talk share like what we're going through um, and then dancing helps me like, cool. Yeah. Re- like relieve stress and like get emotions out. That was unexpected. But yeah. That's, that's, for, that's awesome that you figured that out. Yeah. Any kind in particular, like swing or. No, it's, it's, I like to do like a lot of freestyle. Interpretive but dance. You just throw very, a wild song and just flail around. Yeah, pretty cool. much. And it's very like personal. It's weird that like the way I dance when I'm by myself is different than how I dance when I'm like out with friends. Yeah. I think what that comes down to is fear-based living, which I, <laughs> I push a lot on this show, but you're scared of what other people are going to think about you if you dance your way. Maybe. That or Ooh. the way I'm like registering it in my mind is that when I'm dancing for myself, that's just for me. It's not. You dance for other people then? <laughs> well, <laughs> You're just like, like, like doing some disco. You're like, when this is you, for When else. you go out with friends, like people yeah. watch how people dance. Mm-hmm. It's normal. And so when someone watches me dance when I'm like out with friends, it's like it, it kind of takes away the whole I'm dancing for me because mm-hmm. someone else is watching. But so. that probably makes for the best dancer when you are dancing. So you got to figure out a way to dance for yourself when you're in front of other people. True. That's the key. <laughs> Once I get there, I'll I'll, get I'll, there. I'll tell you. <laughs> what are you, what are your goals in life? I want to learn how to dance better, and I'm starting a very uh, serious nonprofit to help people with medical bills. So pretty, you know, the basics. The basics. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we almost just hit an hour. What's your well, call to action with people? What's um, who 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 do you most want to reach out to you, or how how are you know anyone who wants to get involved? So cool. I guess the way I'd like to finish is just like informing people that. If they are interested, we do have a bunch of like leadership leadership positions that we'd love to like help out with. Like it's great that you're letting us come and talk to you about We Care and Can here. So um, if you're a good writer, we can find something for you to do regarding writing. If you're good in marketing, we'll find something for you there. But um, one thing I do want to share is like we do have a Let's Eat Out fundraiser with the Old Spaghetti Factory Cool on October. October 14th that's Sunday it's only in Corvallis which ah. is a little far if there are people from other areas but if you do want to support We Care and Can 15% of the proceeds that mm. go from your meal 
um, will go towards We Care and Can. So it's a pretty cool, this is our first like fun, big fundraiser that's not cans and bottles. Yeah. So. That's cool. So you're not, you're not, you're not purely cans and bottles. We Mm. Care and Can eventually isn't going to be such a double plan words. Like if it doesn't come down, you know? Yeah. Well, that's. (laughs) I'm a big person for like puns. Yeah, so no, that's, that's incredible. That's why <laughs> it just clicked in my head about what we care and can. can. I'm like, yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I do want to invite people to like, if they ever, if they want like spaghetti or like any type of food, that that's a fundraiser that we're going to be having. Cool. And you have a social media to follow? You have Instagram? Yes, Instagram. It's we care and can. Beautiful. I'll put the link in the bio. I'll put your email to reach out to and your Perfect. Um, beautiful. I love it. I appreciate it. Do you have any final words, messages, things you'd want to say? Um, um, no, just thank you to everyone who has donated uh, cans and bottles. It's crazy to think that we are almost at 10,000 cans and bottles that we've collected. That's incredible. And then just um, thank you for like all the, to all the people that, who have supported and thank you for having Beyond us. It's, happy it's, too. it's been a pleasure. Um, 10,000 cans and bottles is really cool because you're in Oregon where you get 10. Is it 10 cents? 10 cents. Just- Ten, yeah. Five cents most places though, right? Five cents other places. Yeah. So I mean, score on the place that you kind of thought know, of this, right? by the way. And I think they started the, they switched from five to 10 in January. Or cool. Yeah. So like right when you ago. really started kicking right up. Right when we started. You should almost see if U of O will do the same thing. We'll, we'll you, be reaching out. Is, ever, is everyone pretty much in Corvallis for now? For now, it's mostly in Corvallis. But, but you're in and out of Corvallis. Where else are you based? Um, Portland? I'm in like Amity, McMinnville area. I have no idea where that is. It's it's really small. <laughs> it's, <laughs> if you continue on 99W, you'll... That's not where McMinimins comes from, is it? I don't think so. Is there McMinimins there in McMinnville? Yes. <laughs> they might have been. Wait. Maybe not, actually. Okay. That'd be really ridiculous if that they would. didn't have one there. If I had a place called McMinimins, I'd put it in McMinnville. <laughs> okay. Anyways, reach out to her. Uh, let's get this going. I'm really excited to see where you are in five years, 10 years. I mean, mm-hmm. I assume you going to medical school is probably going to put a big like hold on it. But I mean, then once you have really big funding, cause you're making all this money, you right. know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. Perfect. And then hopefully like, I mean, hopefully you don't know anyone who like needs the services, but definitely like if you have like a friend who can't afford their healthcare costs, send them our way to help them out. Cool. In a couple of years. Love it. Reach out. Lots of love. Everyone have a wonderful day. Yeah.